0: Maybe you can relate. We tried every fad diet, meal plan, cleanse, and exercise program out there to get rid of that unwanted belly fat. It's so frustrating trying to figure out what in the world to do. Through our training and certifications, we've learned a proven method that has completely transformed our lives. Not only did we lose the belly fat, but we have increased energy, we sleep better, and wow, does our hair and skin look better than ever. Join our three-day boot camp, Roadmap to Wellness Boot Camp, at transformingwomenshealth.com. Hello, everyone. I am so glad you're joining in with us each and every week as we go live with just the most fascinating guests that are really at the leading edge in our health and wellness industry. Now, today, I have got a fantastic show planned for you. Um, We have got a creator, an innovator, uh, someone with a really powerful story in terms of preventative health, longevity, real, true science-backed evidence for pain relief. Uh, we are talking about Alex Tarnava, and he is joining us to talk about his company, Drink HRW. He also has a secondary company um, as well, and we're gonna let him talk about it. But today we're really learning about the benefits of molecular hydrogen in terms of our health and wellness, and most specifically the science behind everything, because this is really big that we've got to follow the science. We've got to follow where we get true results um, and and true claims uh, of what products can actually do for us. Alex, thank you so much for taking time to come out and talk with us all. No problem. Thanks for having me. We're excited to dive into this. Now, I understand when people get into different industries that they're in, most people have passion and a story behind why they do what they do. Alex, and I know you've got a big story as well. Would you like to share that with our audience?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll touch in on, on how I got motivated to do what I'm doing. Um, basically, you know, six and a half, seven years ago, I was at uh, my peak health and physical condition. Um, the business I had, I, I was on the road maybe a week, two weeks, a month. But then I was home two to three weeks a month, and I was only working a couple hours a day. You know, prepping for my my travel. When I travel, I'd work a hundred plus hours. You know, on mm-hmm. the road. Um, so, exercise was kind of my life. You know, while I was at home, um, mm-hmm. I was training six hours, eight hours a day. Um, you know, CrossFit, martial arts. You know, um, my my active recovery days would be working on. You know, technique or going for a three hour hike or doing, Mm -hmm. you know, sprints around the track. Um, So that was really, really my life. Um, I got really sick. They don't know exactly what I had. Um, They suspect it was some sort of mystery virus because my roommate at the time had the, you know, got really sick too. Um, It hit him completely different. But long story short, Um, I abruptly developed like um, sudden onset narcolepsy, right? I'd fall asleep if I sat down on the couch for more than a minute or two. I went from, I'm the type who doesn't need a lot of sleep. I try and sleep more than my body wants me to because Mm -hmm. I'm fine sleeping five, six hours. So I usually try and push it to at least seven, right? Just because I know even if I'm not tired, that has, you know, deleterious health effects that I'm not sleeping enough, um, I was up to sleeping 16, 18 hours a day, you wow. know, during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I had energy was when I was trying to, you know, be active and exercise, but I was limited to the exercises I could do. I had uh, central nervous system fatigue shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't get air, like air time, trying to jump. So I couldn't jump off the ground. Right. I couldn't yeah, leave I the ground on a jump, but heavy lifts, slow movements, like deadlift, squat, bench press, those were unaffected. So my strength was okay. I just had no, absolutely no explosive capability of any type, um, which was really my strength. You know, like I was very explosive, you know, just as a human Mm -hmm. being. Um, So it was frightening. My inflammatory markers, my uh, HSCRP were like, 80, a hundred times what, what they should be. Right. Like I was just ravaged by inflammation. Um, They were taking my blood uh, a couple times a week. Couldn't figure out what was going on. I was severely anemic despite, you know, my diet that Mm -hmm. was very high in iron. Um, My roommate at the time, he got sick in a different way. He had pneumonia for a few weeks, had to, you know, miss work. Um, He was also a super fit guy, a guy who top 10 in like triathlons and Spartan obstacle races, stuff like that. Um, When the dust finally settled and, you know, my inflammation lowered back down to a not concerning level, like abruptly, my narcolepsy stopped all these things. I was left with like the Tin Man, like stiffened up completely right? Um, Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep because my joints hurt so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't do anything. I I couldn't get into the butterfly position on the ground. Whereas before with jujitsu, I could touch my ankles to my face. You you know, Mm -hmm. it was abrupt. I couldn't put a jacket or a shirt on. Um, Imaging showed shortly after that. Um, I had developed osteoarthritis. You know, I have I've been like 11 spots, worst of which is my left shoulder. Um, I went on a a high dose of naproxen, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. So Mm
0: -hmm. anything
1: a thousand milligrams a day and I was also getting um, cortisone injections. Mm -hmm. I knew that wasn't a long-term solution. So I was scouring PubMed, right? Looking for anything that could Mm -hmm. regulate the inflammatory response rather than working just as a straight up anti-inflammatory. You know, I, I, I found a couple articles on hydrogen and I want to be clear. I was looking online like six to eight hours a day. Instead of exercise, I was scouring okay. medical right. research, right? So this wasn't like a quick PubMed search or a Google search like most people are used to. It right. was, I was treating it as my full-time job trying to find right. anything. So I ended up buying this machine for like five grand that said it made hydrogen water. Mm-hmm. Um, I went by nine months later, I fainted a few times. You know, while working out, I was trying to work out as usual. Um, Turned out I had multiple ulcers from the naproxen. I wasn't, you know, processing food properly. So I had to quit, you know, the anti inflammatories. Um, Almost immediately, my shoulder completely froze, right? Which was frustrating because this hydrogen water wasn't working. I had a $5,000 paperweight. Um, I went back to PubMed. I found some new articles with, you know, hydrogen therapy and hydrogen water, which at first really frustrated me. But then it just dawned on me, like, what's the dosage, right? Mm -hmm. How much am I getting, right? Mm -hmm. Because any molecule that's working is going to have, like, a dose-dependent response, basically, right? So... They never told me what the concentration or dosage in this machine I'd bought was. They just said it was hydrogen water. And I, I, stupidly didn't think, um, well, I started reading the methods in these studies and looking at the dosing, looking at the ways they were making the hydrogen water. None of them were using the machine like the one I would bought. Mm-hmm. Right. So I found a, uh, you know, a testing kit, like a reagent to, to, conduct titrations on the water that I was making to see mm-hmm. what the levels were. Right. And they were undetectable. I had to triple the input to detect any hydrogen at all. And mm-hmm. it ended up being, you know, 0.01 milligrams a liter or parts per million. Um, mm-hmm. to give context. The tablets I developed are delivering about 12.
0: 12 parts per m- Okay.
1: <laughs> so um, that's like, 1200 times more you know what right. I mean so right right the, these uh the, this machine was like 150th what an international group of scientists the IHSA has determined is the, the lowest observed therapeutic dose 150th the amount oh, and the lowest you know ever observed therapeutic dose doesn't mean it's always therapeutic that just means in any indication that they've ever found, this is the lowest that it's ever worked for anything at point five. We're doing twelve, so twenty-four times the concentration. Right. Uh, so, so
0: what landed you on hydrogen? You know, it, you've got inflammation in the body. What? 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 How did you land on hydrogen as um, as a relief?
1: Um. You know. Hydrogen, there was a lot of natural things that were cropping up, but I had a lot of suspicions about them because most of the things that were, were you know, being uh, studied would have articles showing that it worked, but then articles that showed they didn't work. Mm-hmm. Hydrogen yeah. was all positive. Now, today I might be even more skeptical of that because I know um, – the absence of negative evidence doesn't mean there is no negative. Right? <laughs> right. You know, and I talk about it, say, with, with you know, natural versus artificial sweeteners. Like people will say vilify sucralose, but now all the evidence is coming out showing stevia has all the same negative side effects that sucralose does. It's just 10, 20 years behind in the research. So now everyone's turning to monk fruit because there's no evidence monk fruit does harm. Well, that's because there's no, studies on monk fruit doing these things that doesn't mean monk fruit doesn't have these negative consequences it means we haven't studied it right Right. so early research often shows positives right and then it fails later on so in other compounds i could have looked at they were farther in the research cycle than you know hydrogen was so i was seeing these negatives whereas hydrogen was all hope right? right and i hadn't perfectly refined my critical and analytical thinking skills as well. Um, Luckily, as the research is advancing in hydrogen, it's confirming the early research and, in fact, strengthening it. it. We're learning more and more about it. So Mm -hmm. hydrogen is succeeding in advanced research stages, whereas a lot of other molecules fail. So that is partially blind luck.
0: Right. right? Um,
1: You know, it, it was... Could have easily been something that didn't pan out like a hundred other molecules but sure. you know that that was I just view it as as luck you know right but um, it worked for me basically when I realized that I wasn't getting hydrogen water and this is kind of what gave me the confidence um, I started trying to find products that would make hydrogen water right okay. at dosages. I started importing products. None of them were getting good levels. They were all like maybe 0.1 to 0.3 parts per million. Um, but I started like digging into the chemistry, trying to figure out how I could make these products I was buying better. Um, I got one of them to go from like 0.3 to three, like 10 times more, you know, just adapting their procedures, adding other ingredients, trying to get the reaction to go better. Um, drinking two liters a day. So, you know, four times a day or like actually twice a day in the morning, in the night, but I'd chug a liter down, uh, of this three PPM water, um, uh, within 10 days, my shoulder completely unfroze. Right. Uh, and amazing. You know, it didn't repair my damage or anything like that, but that was what kind of gave me, uh, I want to say faith or confidence, like, wow. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to continue buying any of these products that I was adapting though um, because of the ethics of the companies, right? right? Everyone on the market at that time, I didn't really realize how how embryonic the industry was in North America. All these companies were super small. They saw a new random customer, They were like trying to solicit me to join their MLMs and stuff like that. My phone number was even given out right from some of the Mm -hmm. companies to their distributors to try and convince me to join their MLM. I found that super shady. Um, they were all making like claims of curing like cancer and every other disease. I thought that was super unethical. Right. So I didn't Mm -hmm. want to support them Mm -hmm. and I was having to do all these work to make the products actually work and be palatable. Um, so I went to the hard work of sourcing the raw ingredients. I ended up finding out that, uh, you know, these ingredients are like heavily controlled in the U.S. by the DoD. I had to get, you know, interviewed by the U.S. State Department, right? Like get use <laughs> clearances through like thirty-four signatures. Finding out that these companies making these products early on were buying the ingredients from fireworks manufacturers. Right. Mm -hmm. Magnesium is the white in fireworks. Mm -hmm. Well, the difference being there is they were getting a product that could make the hydrogen water, but it didn't have the right purity. So I've gotten COAs from some of these early products that are now out of business showing, you know, illegal levels of, say, lead, right, within their products, right? They were contaminated because they weren't meant for human use. Whereas I'm using a pharmaceutical grade because magnesium is used, like this type of elemental magnesium is used for, you know, bio implants, as like dissolvable screws and stuff in, in surgery. So I have a pharmaceutical grade that's then made to my purpose to make this tablet, right? Okay. Um, so our purity is, is super high, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're not contaminated with these heavy heavy metals, like not not you know we're we're like one thirtieth below what California prop 65 allows for, for instance. Okay. Um, so I started tinkering in my kitchen, right. Mm-hmm. Like making this stuff and it was going well. I was getting higher levels and what I'd been, you know, modifying before. And I just had kind of a sober second thought. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm a quick study, right. Mm-hmm. And I think I understand the chemistry and the safety on all this well enough, but I don't want to be a a Darwin award winner. I don't want to blow myself up in my kitchen. I'm dealing with, you know, elemental magnesium that burns at thousands of degrees, you know, can burn through aluminum (laughs) in less than a second. White hot. When you think of white, hot magnesium is the white in fireworks and hydrogen gas, which is explosive. Think like the Hindenburg, right? Right. Right. I was like, you know, fairly large quantities, not like a tablet that you have. So I found my founding partner, um, Dr. Holland, he's a a PhD medicinal chemist from the pharmaceutical industry, asked him to look over what I was doing. Mm -hmm. At first, he said uh, that it sounded like the worst pseudoscience he'd ever heard in his life, right? (laughs) You know, to save myself the money. Um, He gave a lot of points on why it was silly and would never work and, you know, why hydrogen would have no biological effect and everything. I'd heard all these arguments before because I'd been looking at this for close to a a year now. Um, So I I responded to everything and gave him a lot of the papers that were written citations. Um, Mm -hmm. It took a week or so to respond, came back and said, well, you know, it appears there's enough evidence to, you know, pursue a supplemental use. Sure. I'll take a look. Mm -hmm. I kept on just sending him a new study every day, right. Just to, you know, Get his feedback and see his interest as he was, you know, going through what I'd done. And uh, serendipi- serendipitously, I, I um, sent him a study on Hep B, like a clinical trial. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that his current project was he was leading a team, you know, looking at molecules to, to cure Hep B. Right. Okay. So it, it piqued his interest. He called me for lunch and he said, you know, there, there could be something here. Mm-hmm. right um are you looking to commercialize this and mm-hmm. it had crossed my mind but i i you know thought that perhaps you know it would be too arrogant of me to try and commercialize something like this because i didn't have a background in the industry didn't even know where to begin you know told these concerns to him and he said well you know looking at these other products on the market you know tinkering in your kitchen you're already better than any of grandma and (laughs) and, you know and if you have these concerns and that means you're going to try and do it properly rather than just put something out to market you know unethically Mm -hmm. so you know I kind of committed okay like we'll, we'll see where this goes um took them not very long to refine you know the chemistry I'd been working on but then producing was the next challenge Right. It only took a couple of weeks, three weeks, I think, to refine, you know, when we're making them in a mortar and pestle 10 at a time. But going from making 10 tablets at a time to millions Mm -hmm. at high speed on a production line, that is a different beast altogether. It took us a year. 2,000 iterative adjustments and 15 failed scale attempts to get our first production-ready tablet, which wasn't nearly as good as the one we'd made in a mortar and pestle, right? And now, since then, in the last four years, thousands of more iterative adjustments to get to where we're at today.
0: So why, why the tablet versus a machine that's going to create the, the hydrogen gas within the water itself? What's the benefit
1: so we typically get 10 to a hundred times higher concentrations, you know, with the tablet than the machines. Um, The big reason for this is how small we're able to make the bubbles, right. With, with our reaction to the tablets. Um, You know, most people have seen from the movies and everything like that, that physics gets really weird, the smaller you get, you know, that's not just the case for like getting down to quarks and stuff like that. It's, if you go to, you know, even below five microns in size, mm-hmm. particles and gas bubbles behave differently than above five microns. Okay. Right? So, okay. you know, basically um, a particle cannot be water soluble, right? So it would either float or sink. But if it's right. below five microns, it just hangs around in solution all day long and you might not ever see it. So it doesn't have to be water soluble, right? Likewise for a bubble, hydrogen, you know, has a very low solubility point in water and tends to just dissipate straight out of solution when okay. they're larger bubbles. Okay. Uh, so you usually would have to, you know, in, in one lab, you might have to bubble hydrogen gas through water for like half an hour to even hit saturation point of 1.6 PPM or milligrams a liter we're getting 12 right. ppm milligrams a liter you know so seven eight times what the saturation point is because we're creating bubbles in like the 20 to 30 nanometer range okay. right so a nanometer is 1000 times smaller than a micron right? right um for americans you know a millimeter is 125 of an inch mm-hmm. a micron is one one thousandth right, of a millimeter, and a nanometer is one one one-thousandth, right, of, you know, a a, a micron. So, being at, say, 25 nanometers, that's one one one-millionth of an inch, right? So, that's right. how small the bubbles we're making. So when these bubbles are super small, that's how we're able to make this white water. You know, almost looks like a glass of skim milk that's dense with with hydrogen gas bubbles that aren't escaping into the atmosphere mm-hmm. because of how small they are. And okay. there's just no machines on the planet that can do that.
0: Okay, so then we're creating this white water because of the size. You know, with with the with the tablets. Um, tell me. <laughs> again, what the benefits are, because when I talked about that earlier in the, in the, um, interview, you know, you were talking about the science, there was more positive than negative, you know, in the science research. And I, and I get that the inflammation is going after inflammation. Is there other benefits that this well, is going to?
1: A- absolutely. Right. Um, hydrogen is, is, uh, becoming a really, really cool topic of, of research. Um, Myself and some of the researchers are are, are looking at it as sort of a master regulator within your cells. Okay. So hydrogen isn't just an anti-inflammatory. In some studies, it can be a pro-inflammatory, right, for beneficial outcomes. Inflammation isn't necessarily bad. That's part of our immune response, right? Right. Not enough inflammation is a bad thing. Same thing with oxidative stress. Hydrogen usually has an antioxidant-like effect, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has a pro-oxidative stress effect, right? right. So right. some oxidative and nitrosative stresses are good for us. Right. We want certain amounts of hydrogen peroxide in our system. We want nitric oxide. It's a free radical, right? But, you know, most people know the benefits of nitric oxide. It won a Nobel prize, right? For its regulatory mm-hmm. role in our system. Hydrogen seems to promote Something called redox homeostasis. So that's kind of the the yin yang, you know, harmony between you know our, our body's production of antioxidants and beneficial oxidative stresses. Hydrogen right. promotes this harmony between the two, right? Adjust okay. the dials. It does the same thing for things like autophagy, right? Which is all the rage in, in uh you know biohacking, right? How to, right. Uh, you know, um, how how to increase autophagy. Well, hydrogen in in multiple studies has activated autophagy, but in some has inhibited it. And when it inhibits it, it's for a beneficial response. Models such as heart failure, you don't want autophagy at that time, right? And hydrogen has blunted it, stopped it from happening. So we start looking back, you know, to to the beginnings of time, the beginnings of, of life on this planet, this planet, our atmosphere. Hydrogen has been, integral at every step of the way right Mm -hmm. um the the very first organelles that evolved to be our mitochondria like the powerhouses of our cells those evolved from hydrogen dependent organisms right so they used hydrogen as their fuel source right now you we look at the bacteria in our body you know there is bacteria in our body that produce hydrogen gas and there's Mm -hmm. bacteria that produce like that, that consumes hydrogen gas. So right. hydrogen is playing this big role in our body's bacteria. It's in our cells all the time, you know? So if
0: it help balancing out that microbiome then? I mean, because that's a huge topic. Well,
1: yeah. Right? Hi- Hi- hydrogen has uh, shown in humans, in pigs, and goats, in, in mice, across all mammals studied to improve the microbiome, right? Awesome. You know, so there there is human research showing that that has happened, that hydrogen positively impacts the microbiome. Um, Now, we want to look at why, say, taking a big dose of hydrogen works when we are producing hydrogen all day long. Right. right? And you can look at this the same as you do, say, other, you know, hormetic stressors. Right. Things like exercise. Right. Right. Uh, It's really, really bad for you if you don't exercise at all right mm-hmm. a sedentary lifestyle it is just as bad for you if you exercise too much
0: right, right? right. <laughs> yes
1: you know like you you look at some guys who are say you know olympians in their early 20s that have been tested their whole life so aren't on on steroids and they have the testosterone levels of an 80 year old man right? right from their system shutting down from overtraining right, right? um we want this intermittent erratic stress you see the same thing saying pigs with cold exposure right okay. you expose pigs to cold for four hours a day and you know it, it uh, improves you know something called brown adipose tissue you know conversion okay. so you know that that's what we can use as energy stores it improves metabolism it improves thermogenesis so they're creating heat they're burning fat pigs lower inflammation healthier all this thing you expose pigs to cold 24 hours a day and the opposite happens they okay. store white adipose tissue which is hard to burn it's resistant to thermogenesis it increases their inflammation the pigs are sicker less healthy mm-hmm. right because we want these intermittent stressors right okay. so even radiation can be beneficial right in, in low intermittent doses but if you're exposed to radiation you know in higher doses all the time it's going to kill you right? right um something like even fasting You know, Mm -hmm. fasting is good for you intermittently, but if you fast too often, your body can panic, right? Right. And, you know, start storing fat. Um, When we were, say, hunters and gatherers, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we would have been getting intermittent dosages of hydrogen, right? Right. Because our bacteria produces hydrogen from breaking down carbohydrates, right? Right. So, Back thousands of years ago, we might not have eaten one day and then only eaten protein and then found a bunch of vegetables or fruit. And so we get this big blast of hydrogen and we weren't getting it every day and it was coming erratically. Now, people are eating pretty much the same diet every day, whether they're low carb or high carb, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty consistent every day. So people's hydrogen levels are pretty consistent. Well, what happens if you do the same exercise every day forever? it stops being exercise, right? Your body gets used to it. You see it in a lot of say runners that run at the same pace, the same distance every day. All of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, you, you see a lot of the people, well, it's no longer stressful,
0: right? right?
1: Your heart rate has to
0: adapt, right?
1: Exactly. Right. So if you're eating the same diet every day, your body's adapting to the hydrogen you're producing. And even a slight change isn't going to do that, but say drinking, a glass of our hydrogen water, right? Mm-hmm. At even a lower dose than what we're providing, it's shown to double the cellular concentration of hydrogen, you know, in your body acutely. Now, doubling or more that amount of hydrogen in your cells is when we see all these changes in your ear signaling, right? Hydrogen is shown to alter, you know, thousands of gene expressions, right? And okay. it's this acute blast that happens, You know intermittently so you don't want to drink hydrogen water all day long because then you're just going to be adapting to this new level of hydrogen in your cells it's something that you want to do once or twice a day in a very high dose
0: research shows that being part of a community really helps us feel united supported safe and secure And we're more apt to reach our goals. This is exactly what we had in mind when we created our Roadmap to Wellness Club. Join us now for our monthly membership group where we host weekly meetings, hosting live Q&As and content created to help you transform your health, as well as monthly expert speakers. Go to transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Roadmap to Wellness Club. I'm taking lots of notes because this is so appealing to me, and this is going to—I mean, you've you've rattled off so many benefits of hydrogen water, uh, and I want to come back to. You have two different companies. You've got one that is a consumer-based company, and that's the drinkhrw.com, right? and And so our our listeners, and I've got that scrolling across the bottom, if you want to check out these tablets and order some, this is where you can go to. But you also have another company that you talked to me about before we went on the air that um you made and were a part of because of you know these practices that we're seeing out in within the industry
1: and then I, I also I didn't even mention. I also have a not for profit that's almost launched to to try and educate consumers on science and help record data that every biohacker, every person who's trying different things for their health now has access to when something like 60% of North Americans have a wearable technology that tracks biometric data. So myself and some researchers, PhDs, MDs, everything, you know, we've started this not-for-profit to help with that. But my um, my I other company, natural wellness now, um, that's actually who supplies to drink HRW. So it's kind of my manufacturing arm that we make the tablets. Okay. Uh, you know, it's natural wellness now that has, uh, you know, our registration on file with the, the FDA for our new dietary ingredient, you know, okay. um, notification such um, basically natural wellness now provides product to over 50 brands, drink HRW included. And I started Drink HRW to try and lead the way in honest messaging because I cut off supply from some brands that were were acting pretty shady, right? And uh, I just thought to myself, you have con artists in the industry and then you have marketers. The only difference is intent, you know, often, right? Because the con artists know what they're doing and they know how they're exploiting people. Marketers often just look at who's successful and copy that. right? Right? Or think what sounds good and they don't really understand the implications, you know, if it is it truthful, all these things. So my only solution was to try and be the most successful in the industry so that the marketers looked at what I was doing and copy honest messaging. Right. Right. So that's why I ended up starting drink HRW after the fact to sort of writing a lot of content and getting out there with my voice, um, to try and guide the messaging in this industry. But so Natural Wellness Now, we manufacture. Um, also, what, what I do at Natural Wellness Now, other than being the CEO, is I run the clinical outreach program. So right. we currently have seven published clinical trials, three published case studies, and a preclinical trial. Um, okay. That's just in about four years of research. I'm working with you know, 13, 14 different, mm-hmm hospitals and universities around the world um we have i think it's 16 more clinical trials that are currently underway at various stages we're always looking for more teams to support and partner up with um basically we have a different spin on science so usually whether it's pharma the supplement industry you know or or even like you know say like you know, um, in in going into the agricultural industry, whether it's conventional like GM or even the organic industry funds a ton of research and the natural industry funds a ton of research. Mm -hmm. What ends up happening is the funding source gets to develop the protocol, right? Mm -hmm. So they set it up to try and rig the experiment to show what they want to show. And then they have the final decision on if the results get published, right? right? Which is why you'll see, say, You know, in the food industry where, you know, this pesticide is safe, you know, right? But then, you know, different research teams say it isn't. Whereas, you know, on the organic side, organic funded research says that theirs is more nutritious, but then public... Research shows that it actually isn't at all. So, you get all this misinformation based on how the funding is done. And most people gotcha. don't realize that isn't exclusive to these, you know, big pharma, you know, or the Monsanto's of the world. It also goes on in the supplement industry and it goes on in the organic industry. Organic, something like a $55 billion a year industry right now, it funds right. a ton of research to show what it wants to show. So, sure. I don't believe in doing science like this. So Mm -hmm. what we do is is I emailed uh, hundreds of, of different researchers that had all published papers on hydrogen and said, I'll donate product. I'll donate extra funds if you need it to make a better study. You have full control over final protocol and decision if you want to publish the results. So I don't take any you know, liberty and saying you you have to design it like this or you have to, you know, quash this results if it doesn't show a benefit. I want right. the truth right. to get out no matter what it is, right? It, so,
0: right, and we learn. We learn from, bad. you know, we need to be questioning. We need to be, you have to have some negative results so that you can improve and be better versus always having these positive outcomes. And yeah, I, I'm I, I, with you.
1: And and what I will do, I mean, ju- just for clarity, right? Because right now, like we're, we're seven for seven non-clinical trials, three for three in case studies, one for one on preclinical, you know, the stuff we have that's under manuscript prep is all showing positive results too. So we're, we're not dumb. It, you know, lots of teams have come with us and say, Hey, yeah. I want to study hydrogen water for this. And it's not a good plan. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's probably not going to work. It also will say, hey, what's your justification for wanting to research for this purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say something and I'll be like, well, mechanistically, that's not really how hydrogen works. I don't think that's going to work, right? right? And right. then what I, what I do, because I'm working with so many different public teams – is if a team does have a really bad plan i often say hey listen so and so researchers have an ongoing pro-, pro like like uh program and they're yeah. finding really good results over here they might be a- able to offer you some advice on how to design the trial to look for what you're looking for then i'll ask the other group of researchers you know it's a small community they all are more than happy to help each other right so we end up getting better designed studies, right? So we're we're dramatically reducing the chance of negative results because the hypotheses are more sound.
0: Right. 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 Um, Yeah.
1: yeah. Because I mean, fact is if I wasn't in communication, we probably would have a few negative results by now just because they're looking at things that it doesn't really have a good chance at working for. Right. Right. So, and you
0: have to, right. And you have to realize that to begin with. We did have a question from someone that I, I would like to put out if if we could. They were asking, uh, does hydrogen repair and grow new pads between discs? Because mine are gone and I'm, I've got bone rubbing against bone.
1: Uh, probably not. I mean, uh, that's cartilage, I believe. I mean, right. I'm bone on bone myself. Um mm-hmm. There is some rodent research showing that um, hydrogen say inhibited inhibits some, some signaling that leads to cartilage degeneration. There's nothing in humans showing that, but there's nothing even in rodents showing that it will regrow.
0: Right, right? cartilage. Right.
1: right? So, so it,
0: it, there. So the answer to that, if I'm hearing correctly, um, Alex, is there's there's some some studies that are saying it might. Uh, it might inhibit the the decline, but once yeah, it's declined, there's things. not. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I mean, this is something I follow like a lot, right? I mean, <laughs> my, my shoulder has right. it's bone on bone and it's squared off, right? right? You know, and I have multiple labral tears, right, in my left shoulder. So I am um, desperate here. There's some cool stuff um, that that uh, is showing in research. Maybe we're ten years away from having private you know, stuff that could regrow cartilage. Um, there, there's like bridge building peptides that are being worked on that show that they can increase cartilage growth. There's um, there was one paper published in the, in the summer um, from a team in the U S that uh, aggravated remaining cartilage to activate mm-hmm. stem cells, which cause slight growth. You know, there's potential that maybe between You know, stem cell activation and bridge-building peptides. You can slowly start growing cartilage, and we know that if you only have very early degeneration, Mm -hmm. you know, there's surgeries that can reverse, you know, osteoarthritis. They've done it in knees before, but you're going to be inactive for about a year on these surgeries that we've had for five years, and it can't be done if you're moderate or advanced. So it can't oh, it's, it's, be done okay. later. But perhaps maybe 10 years, 15 years, we'll get to the point where we can start slowly regrowing some cartilage and then have better techniques to to round it off. Or maybe biomaterials beats us to it. But right. you know, I, I don't want to give anyone false hope. Hydrogen is not that
0: miracle for, right.
1: you know, growing cartilage.
0: Right. Well, and and you said a little bit about stem cell therapy, and I know we're going off on a tangent and we're well beyond our time, but I just, you know, because a lot of claims are out there about stem cells. In fact, I I was a runner and I have uh, broken both feet and have no cartilage in, in between my toes and and got very, very painful for me to run. And I was sold on, you know, get stem cell, you know, therapy, and that's going to regrow the cartilage. Well, it didn't work for me. Does it mean it doesn't work? I don't know the answer. I think there's a lot there.
1: And and This is a a regulatory problem too. I've got a big issue. I was looking at stem cells, um, early days and I've still been following it a little bit, but all these private clinics, Mm -hmm. so many of them use different protocols. They extract the stem cells from different sources, you know, in different methods, in different dosages, some of them say you want one big shot. Others say you want a constant flow over a month. We're going to set you up to an IV every day. Others say, no, three shots, one a week for three weeks or one a week for four weeks is what you want to do, right? Um, some say, oh, we, we need to, uh, you know, we need, like, say, from bone marrow or we need from adipose tissue or we need embryonic, right? You know, we need from you or we need from none another source. What that tells me is they don't know because every clinic says they have the best way, but nobody has the evidence to support that. Right. Right. Um, Then it further complicates it. That group out of uh, Korea, I think it was, that were some of the leaders in stem cell research, it was Mm -hmm. found they'd frauded all their data. Right. So, you know, sets us way back in understanding. And this is why we need more funding, you know, for for Mm science. I want to include stem cells as one one of the things that people can upload um, in the not-for-profit. So if people want to go check it out, it's myjourney.science. It's a not-for-profit. We're not launched yet. We're still writing the templates. Basically, uh, we're teaching the basic scientific principles, why you want to control your self-experimentation, right, if you can placebo control it, like get your spouse to, to give you either placebo or active. You want to track your data. You don't want to just take something and say, oh, I feel better. You want right. concrete, tangible measurements. You know, 60% of people use like a wearable technology. We mm-hmm. have hundreds of millions, if not billions of people throughout the, the developed world that are wearing these texts every day, collecting biometric data. Right. Mm-hmm. We can look at things, whether it's our diet, whether it's an exercise program, a supplement, a device that we're doing, a procedure that we get done, and see, did this work, right? And that's not as good as a clinical trial. But if you get a 1000 people that all test x thing, right, and they submit their protocol, and we give you a template, right, and you follow it and say, this works. Now we say, this only worked in 10% of people, it probably doesn't work, right? Or this worked in 70% of people. Why is it working in some and not others? What was the dosage? Right. right. Maybe right. start finding out more things about side effects. Right. I mean, right. even, even, even for, for pharmaceutical drugs that have these phase four trials that are looking for side effects after it hits the market, it's not sufficient. That's why researchers are going to to Reddit and Twitter to try and find side effects on things, right. To see if there's any trends going up. Well, That's in in pharmaceuticals that are looking at tens of thousands of people. We've got all these supplements and devices that have no evidence whatsoever. There's no work being done to see, is it causing harm? Does it have benefit? Right. So what we're going to do is, you know, we're getting set up. So we'll sell like placebos and stuff like that. You know, we'll recommend different devices and stuff, maybe get commissions, but it's a not-for-profit. Nobody is going to be on salary or get payment for their work other than freelancers that are building our website and software and stuff like that. And all the excess funds we collect, we are going to create grants for researchers wanting to study the things that are looking the most promising, right? That 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 can be the hardest thing is researchers don't want to study something that has no evidence behind it. And if there's no money to be made, or if the company that's marketing it doesn't care about science, it's just never going to get studied ever. Right. So we're going to collect this intro data and say, Hey, X device or X supplement, there might be something to it, but the people making it don't care about science. So they're never going to study it. Well, now researchers can go, huh, there could be a trend here. Sure. We'll study it. We need funding because their grant committees aren't going to give it to them because there's no prior research. So we'll say, well, here's the funding that we've collected, study this. and, And all in all, it could help, you know, scientific advancement on some of these things that may work or may not, but people are paying for them or could cause harm or might cause a little bit of benefit with no harm. And it just helps us gather information so we can all pursue a healthier life and, and use our time and money resources a lot more optimally.
0: Right. Well, and, and actually get us into a state of preventative health care versus always treating the symptom once it comes about. So I love this idea.
1: And, and, and just so you guys know, too, like I, I'm writing a book and I touch on this, too. A lot of people like RAG in the pharmaceutical industry is saying it's treating diseases after they happen. That's more of a regulatory th- thing. Right. Mm-hmm. To approve a drug, you have to be treating a disease. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they have their hands tied. On so many things. Right. You know, if you're trying to maintain health, that isn't a drug claim. So pharmaceutical companies can't develop things for that. Right. Right. So the way that we're set up from a regular regulatory standpoint, we need better regulations to make sure that companies purporting to try and maintain people's health should have a burden of proof behind them. right? Right. What research did you did? do Mm -hmm. right is this safe is this effective at maintaining health and really we should start regulating the supplement industry closer to not to the extent but closer to what needs to be done to show proof in the pharmaceutical industry but i also think we need to overhaul how that is right how we present evidence how we conduct research i mean just to give context like you know working with these public researchers you know my research funds like that i donate to them and the ones that they need to raise to do their study it might be one-tenth what a pharma company has to pay because a pharma company is going to have to pay contract research organizations and there's profit built in at every level right Right. so if all the research was done publicly and we set up society in a better way to do it it might cost a hundred million to get a new drug out instead of a billion right then the cost of drugs would go down Right. Probably the integrity and honesty would go up. Right. Because it's public research doing it. And um, our cost for the healthcare system would go down dramatically. Right. So it's building in profit to every level. Right. Which is really destroying so many things and so much of our progress.
0: Oh, absolutely. The almighty dollar is, you know, I mean, uh, not to take away from everybody's got to make money. And I don't think money is an evil thing. It's it's the, you know, many times the power and control and, um, you know, quashing. I, you know, the whole thing is is it, whether it be in a natural world or a pharmaceutical world. You know, the science seems to many times be behind what the body already knows. Um, You know, how many times does the FDA approve, you know, some sort of medication? And then we come back 10 years later and we find, oh, this causes cancer, you know, or this is very harmful to the body.
1: And and, I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at with, um, say, everyone vilified, say something like sucralose, but now like sucralose affects the microbiota. But then we find out Stevia does it the same Right. Day, and we need five times as much stevia to get the same sweetness as sucralose. So now everyone's turning to monk fruit because monk fruit has no bad evidence against the microbiota. Well, it has no evidence at all because it's never been studied, right? right. So in five, 10 years, are we going to find out that monk fruit's just as bad or worse? I hope not, right? I, but that's right. the exact same thing I'm talking about is, right. you know, um, everything that has a potential to do good, has a potential to do harm because it's affecting the body, right? It's doing something and some people, it could be good. Some people could be bad. So that's why with every intervention, we need to look at the evidence. How much good is it doing versus how much harm is it doing? You know what I mean? Like, is it saving, you know, a million people, but potentially killing 10? Well, we need to look at that risk analysis as a society, but if we don't have evidence to do this, then we can't assess risk. We can't assess risk and reward. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a a good thing that we've taken drugs off the market that shows that our oversight is working to some capacity, but we need to do that more, right? We need better, more honest research, and that's not just the pharmaceutical side. That's on food science, like both organic and bio. You know, biotech companies, it's supplements, it's devices, everything, because at the end of the day, if research is public, you know, or if research is privately funded, whether it's a supplement natural company or a pharmaceutical company, they're going to do their best to present evidence in a way to make them the most money.
0: Right. Well, and, and that it's any industry, Alex. I was in the automotive industry for 30 years, and I can tell you that it's, you know, they're not going to put everything out there that, that's bad. Car manufacturers, they have lots of recalls, and, you know, and, and it doesn't get to recall state until you have exponential injury or, you know, things happening, you know, before they're, oh, okay, wait a minute, it's going to cost us more to fight off the lawsuits than to do a recall. So we're going to go ahead and put a recall out. It, you know, it, it's in every industry.
1: Yeah. No, no, a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and we, we need foundational changes, right. To how we, we run our society. I mean, uh, that that's another subject. I, I've been working my <laughs> own, I've been writing my own political manifesto on and off for 13 years. I have to keep <laughs> on changing it because my opinions keep changing over time. as I get more experience. Uh But, uh, you know, there, there are ways to live in a more evidence-based, open, honest society, but unfortunately the way we've developed society isn't that right. And I don't see any of the ways we've explored society as conducive to it. That's why, I mean, I've been working on my manifesto for 13, 14 years, um maybe i'll (laughs) need another 13 14 years before i finish
0: (laughs) well hang on to your hats because it'll change you know as you continue to grow and get older you know as well but um but that's a whole another topic for a whole another time uh, listen we got to call this you know get this to an end i want to make sure our listeners can absolutely get a hold of you we've got drinkhrw.com you listed out uh, natural wellness now is that a website as well
1: no, we don't have a website for that. Okay. Uh, you, know, you know, that's just a manufacturing arm, but. Uh, okay. And then my. reference. So that's why I bring it up.
0: Perfect. Myjourney.science is up and coming. So we want to yeah. make sure that we're going to be following that. Um, so there
1: are some videos and some information on it already. You can go nice. and kind of see what we're about. You can see some of the advisors that are, are working behind the scenes to get this going. Um, we do already have a subscribe, right? You know, button on there. Okay. So, awesome. You know, we're going to notify everyone when it's ready to go. When we're rolling out the first round of of templates for people to start experimenting on, um, we slowed down our progress. Um, we we most did most of the progress over the summer and then slowed down because most of the advisors um, are academics. So when semester went back in, they had students. You know, research yeah. went back yeah. up. So yeah. we're hoping to get a lot more tackled. Um, in the coming months because semesters will be finishing sure. in a few weeks here.
0: Awesome. Uh, any final words you want to leave our listeners with, Alex?
1: Um, my final words is uh, I think whatever you're looking for for your health journey or just in life in general, the best thing to do and we've, we've become so skeptical of our opposition, be skeptical of your allies and yourself, right? right. Because The biggest problem in society is we've been, you know, forced into these eco chambers where we're surrounded by people we agree with and getting the same messaging every day. So we never see the counter arguments. Mm -hmm. So we need to be as or more critical and, and analytical of our own thoughts, those of our allies than we are of our opposition, because we're moving too far away in messaging, whether it's health science, politics anything we we have developed an inability to see other perspectives
0: oh amen thank you so much that's all for this episode of the toxin terminator and we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health